Hello and welcome to episode 98 of Command Space. My name is Mike Hurley, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Mr. Andy Bayo. Hey, Andy, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure. Thank you for being here. Andy, what do you like to be known for these days? Oh, God, you asked me this last time, too. Well, that's why it's these days, right? Because know, now, what's changed in your life that you want to be known know. for? Well, the, well the, big, the big news is that I'm bringing... I'm, re, it's, I, I'm stuck in a Groundhog Day-esque loop, and I'm revisiting work that I did a decade ago, and I'm bringing back uh, Upcoming.org, uh, a social events community that I started or launched back in uh, 2003. And amazingly, through a crazy... Uh, bizarre set of circumstances it's fallen back in my lap once again and that's what we're going to talk about exclusively today um because we're going to you know we'll go through all of this about how it's come back and, and, and what you're doing now so i think it'd be really interesting especially as we're in the final few days as we record this of your kickstarter campaign but we'll talk about that a little later on so andy for anybody that doesn't know what was upcoming.org so upcoming was uh a website that let you Use your social network to discover interesting events that were happening in the world around you. And at the time that it launched in 2003, uh, it was pretty unique in that respect. That it was using the social network for something beyond just uh, meeting other people. Which is, you know, these are the days of Friendster, and uh, you know, MySpace was was relatively new at that point. And it was still uh, the social network was really just used for that. It was like testimonials you know, friending other people and, and really not much else. If you were single, you'd use that for, for hooking up or whatever. But it wasn't being used uh, for, for any, other, any other real use. And so Upcoming was, was kind of this first wave of, uh, of websites that tried to do something else with the social network. And in this case, it was scratching an itch that I'd had, uh, which was that at the time I, uh, I loved going out to, well, still, you know, I like, I like going and seeing interesting uh, shows I like going to interesting events and and I was I was hearing about these things uh, through friends or like pouring through the local weekly newspapers and uh, and finding these things and then very quickly like forgetting about them or losing track of them and uh, and then friends would tell me about something and then I'd, I'd, I'd forget about it and then you know a, a couple days after it happened be like hey, what would you do last weekend oh that thing that you know you told me about yeah and I, I even had bought like tickets to to an event and completely forgot that I had tickets to it, and uh, and so there was you know there was that and and also just knowing what my what my friends were were, were up to so um, so there was that there was that problem uh, and and I thought this this could be a, a potential solution it would be like you know use a um, you know use a social network for something something more and um, and it when it launched resonated with people they they got it and it started to uh it started to grow and um it grew to the point where uh, a couple years in uh yahoo came knocking and and uh, and wanted to uh wanted to acquire us um but even before that about a, about a year after um after upcoming launch in 2004 my son was born and i had i had no time to work on it and so uh got a uh, asked a couple friends of mine, uh, Gordon Luck and Leonard Lynn, both who've gone on to do amazing, interesting things. Um, asked them if they'd join as, as co-founders. They, they, like the three of us, cranked on, on getting a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, kind of pent-up features uh, out, and uh, and it just kept growing from there. 
to try and put this in context a little bit, at the, ter- at the time, did the term social network even exist? Because you've used it a few times to try and describe upcoming. Yeah, that's a great question. I, uh, my, my memory of it is, is now foggy. And I don't, I don't remember like when that really started to, uh, uh, when that started to catch on. I mean, there were, there were certainly, uh, you know, sites predating, um, predating it, but, uh, uh, that were, that were taking that idea. Um, but it was, uh, you know, this upcoming launched before, uh, before Flickr and Facebook and before Yelp and Foursquare and Twitter and, it was it was still it was still a relatively new idea. The 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 I I'm sure that the social network that that term you know uh, had it had existed uh, you know I, but yeah it the the idea itself like it, it being applied to um, uh, to websites had you know was still a pretty new idea. Because I'm gonna like at the time Twitter wasn't around, um, Facebook I'm not sure. Was Facebook around at the time? Facebook launched in uh, 2004. Right. And so it was so upcoming launched a year before Facebook. And obviously no Foursquare. Right. Nothing like that. Right. So and so you think about you think about you know uh, Foursquare and Yelp and Flickr like all of those are are using the social network to uh, to solve a particular problem, right? Yeah. Um, you know, for for Foursquare, it's like where are uh, where are my friends right now? Um, for Yelp, it's like what are interesting restaurants and businesses? Um, for Flickr, it's it's you know photos of of uh, and finding interesting photos and and seeing my seeing my friends uh, what my friends are making. Um, but uh, and then Twitter and Facebook, you know, were were you know Twitter was was really taking that uh, taking the ideas behind behind blogging, making it more like microblogging and then, you know. So at the time it was it was a relatively novel idea. So what made you believe at the time that it would be something that people would want to use? Like were there any other services that existed that made you think that people would sign up for a service like this? Well not for not for events. And I you know and it wasn't um Upcoming was always a side project. The entire sure. the entire time that I, I was working on it before Yahoo was something I, I did on the side for my day job. I was managing a the website staff of a financial company in, in Santa Monica, California. And uh up until the point that it was acquired, it was just something I did in the evenings and weekends. And um and then when it was acquired I I had the very funny experience of like having to go to my to my boss and and Explain that Yahoo had acquired my website, and you know that's a funny. It's a funny way to quit. It's like you can't really counter offer that. It's not a thing. He's like, I can't offer, you know. But um, but yeah, it was always it, it was it was never really intended to be a uh, uh, you know big high you know growth startup thing. That was something that I that I wanted to do for. I thought it was interesting. I thought it would solve a problem for me and hopefully hopefully for other people. So, how fast did uh, upcoming grow? Like what, before, before the Yahoo um, deal came along, d- d- did it exceed your expectations? Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> did it ex- yeah, it definitely exceeded my expectations. I mean, the numbers were still small. It was a niche. It was a niche website. 
but the I think that that by virtue of the type of people that used upcoming, it had a a much larger uh, cultural footprint than you know for its size because the people that uh, that used it tend to be kind of early adopter type people uh, they were in that in, that weird intersection of people that are both geeky and social you know and they and and the reason behind that is is that at least partly there was a lot of friction involved in in using upcoming so it was as I said it was created before uh, you know any of the any of the tools and platforms that would have made um, it it really easy to use. So, for example, um, this was this was in the days where to sign up you had to create an account and your own profile and everything from scratch. When you uh, when you signed up for for a website, aside from having you know username and password, like you couldn't do you couldn't do connect with Facebook or connect with Twitter. You know, it's like predates all of that. So you had to uh, so you had to sign up and create your profile. And then when you when you wanted to find friends. There was no way to really do that. All you all you could do was either invite them, uh, or or browse the site, find someone that you knew that was active on it, and then browse their friend list, and then see who you knew that they knew, and add those people one at a time. And it was this like tedious thing of reconstructing your social graph over and over and over again. And so at the time, it became this like thing that uh, that everyone was frustrated like all the early adopter crowd was getting really frustrated with because you know there was this rash of websites that were that were all using the social network and so every time you signed up with one you'd have to do this over and over again it just became it was so tedious and and no you know it was really hard to convince someone that wasn't part of that that early adopter crowd to to go through that that process it's just really it was a real pain um, for upcoming specifically there was also the issue that uh, you know, it launched before there were any widespread geographical place name databases that were that were open source and widely available. So you had to uh, create the countries. Uh, the way that I launched it, uh, every the entire place name database was created by the, the community. So when I started it, I created the United States, <laughs> California, <laughs> Los Angeles, where I was living, and then everybody else created everything else. Uh, everybody created, you know, every every country and every, um, you know, every every metro and and so if you were the first user in Columbus, Ohio, you'd go and create Ohio and then you'd create Columbus, and then you'd you'd get it off the off the ground that way, which is insane. It's bizarre, but that's the way that's the way we did things back then, and and then every venue, like every single venue <laughs> that these events were held at, were at was added by a user base. Now you could just use the Foursquare API. You know, you could just use for like that's that's like a best of breed uh, data set that's available, uh, and and you know you can just you can use it, and that just did not exist. So every single venue, and then of course every single event was added was added by users, and that is one thing that I think uh, was sort of critical to the to the uh, uh, the unique feel of of upcoming, which is that. Because every event was created by the community, it meant that every uh, every event had at least, obviously, had at least one person that was that was on the site that that cared enough about it to add it. And as a result of that, it it had a higher signal to noise ratio, I think, than uh, than than you know the event sites that followed it that tried to be comprehensive and that used you know event feeds feeds 
of there's like these commercial event feeds that that supply you with a you know try to be like a comprehensive database of uh, of events that are happening in a city and and if you go to any newspaper website in a major metro you'll you can look at their calendar listings and you'll and you'll see these things like tens of thousands of events uh of you know dubious interest to you mm-hmm. um and so uh you know it was a uh it was a different time and I think as a result of that, the the uh, community tended tended to skew towards uh, towards geekier things, and because uh, like only only someone that really ha- was familiar with with that sort of uh, process would would understand the value of jumping through all these hoops. So now it's you know it's a totally different uh, totally different time. Let's talk about Yahoo. Um, yeah. Uh, in 2005, how were Yahoo perceived in the tech industry? I assume, I mean, to, to my so differently. I can't even explain. Like, if you were not there, you don't understand how uh, how this. Okay, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to set set a stage for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Flickr was king. Like people looked at Flickr as, as like this is this is an amazing uh, this is an amazing site. It's the what they're doing is so unique, really interesting. They had a, a tremendous amount of positive goodwill, and uh, and when they were acquired by Yahoo, it it felt like that made everybody sort of sit up and take notice uh, uh, in in our crowd. Uh, everybody was like. Okay, Yahoo's doing something. You know, they're doing something different, and and it wasn't just it wasn't just Flickr. There was a number of really interesting people that had gone to Yahoo and that were doing work at Yahoo um, in their in their research labs and other parts around the company. And these are people like uh, Chad Dickerson, who's now the CEO of Etsy, was like was at Yahoo, and you know Cameron Marlowe went to Facebook, and like all of these like these really interesting people, Tom Coates and Simon Willison, and like really awesome. Uh, uh, Developers and and hackers were were at Yahoo, and it felt like it felt like they were like it was the center of interesting new stuff, and um, and so after Flickr was acquired, Katerina Fake, uh, one of the two co-founders, had reached out to us. I my understanding is that my feeling was that she was sort of tasked with with helping you know accelerate this process of of changing yahoo from the inside and so she was tasked with finding interesting uh interesting projects that might that might fit in different parts of of yahoo and and you know i got this email from her it was like would you ever consider coming out here and i'd um i'd visited their their campus once before totally unrelated uh, as part of uh writing waxy.org which is the the blog that i've been writing for a long time and they'd uh, they'd invited me out as like you know, they did like a blogger thing, and and were previewing previewing one of their pro- one of their new new products. Um, so I'd been there uh, once before, but uh, I think that was even before before Flickr was acquired, and um, or maybe around the same time. And so anyway, so I get this uh, so I get this email, and and it felt like, you know, this was this was a chance to work on upcoming full time for the first time ever. The three of us would all be able to work on upcoming full time. Uh, they, you know, we're going to be able to give us uh, resources to to help it grow and thrive, and you know, it felt like the thing to do. It really, it really did. It was. It seemed exciting, and uh, you know, the 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 thing in the back of my head, of course, was that 
you know, once you do this, there's no going back. You know, you sell, you sell your uh, uh, website, and you know, it's no longer yours. And I knew that. I knew that going into it, but uh, I just, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't really realize how, you know, how bad it could go. How do these sort of acquisition things start? Does, do you just get a phone call? And then they're like, "Want to buy a company?" Like, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the, you know, the funny thing is that Upcoming was never even incorporated. It was never even a company. Like, I had a I had a handshake deal with Gordon and Leonard because they're friends, and it was you know we did everything so so casually. Mm-hmm. I don't I not recommend this. This is not nope. like for us it worked for us it worked out perfectly fine. Um, but you know the way we did it was extraordinarily risky like if if you ever you ever get yourself in that scenario and you know you're just doing like handshake deals and you don't you're not incorporated it's like you get in a lawsuit you're like risking your personal assets whatever i did everything seat of my pants and i you know that worked out fine for me but you know it's not don't don't take any lessons from that the way that it worked for us was we got an email they said would you be interested I talked it over with with Gordon and Leonard and we're like this sounds interesting at least let's go do the let's go do meetings um, we did meetings and it seemed we, like we went up a couple times it seemed uh, uh, they seemed cool the people that we were working with seemed you know on board with with what we had in mind for the direction of the site and um, and that was it. I mean, it was it was really quick. I don't, I don't remember the dates, but it was. It felt like we did like two meetings, and then you know, then the lawyers get involved, and and that takes a little while. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was pretty quick. I think the whole thing, the whole process, probably took like you know six weeks, something like that. It was wow. really fast. So you then, as as part of the deal, went to work at Yahoo, right? Yep. How long How long were you at Yahoo for? Two years. And during that time, were you working just on upcoming? Yes. So that was, was your job. Up. Your job I was, was to work there, right? I was. I was working on upcoming exclusively. Although, you know, when you go in, you're also sort of working on Yahoo stuff too, because you're, you know, you're spending a lot of time on integrations and and uh, you know, moving everything to Yahoo's infrastructure and and trying to, you know, you're doing meetings with different parts of the company so that they. It's like when you come in. It's like you're the shiny, you're the shiny new thing, and like everybody wants to meet you. It's like this, you're like the, uh, you know, it's, it's hilarious. You're the bell at the bull. Basically, yeah, you're coming in. It's like, hey, Yahoo Autos wants to meet you, and Yahoo Pets, and you're like, what? What? Okay, <laughs> all right. I guess they do pet events. They do auto events. You know, whatever. They're just like we had all these, all these meetings, and uh, <laughs> and and so. So yeah, you go through you go through that process, but then but then some of them you you try to you try to pick which ones make sense, and you're you know the the ideal is that you want to just offer internal APIs so that they could just use and and take yourself out of the process. We tried to do that as much as possible, but yeah, it was um, it was I worked on yeah I worked on upcoming the entire time I was there. Um, the my my favorite part, which is so silly, but my <laughs> like my my favorite part of all it was just. Um, when we we switched over to Yahoo IDs, uh, that's not my favorite part. <laughs> but as a as a result of uh, so, Flickr had had done this switch, and and you know people didn't really get any value out of it. It's uh, like people were very upset that they had to do this uh, switch over sure. to Yahoo IDs at the time. Because um, if you're if you're an existing user, it really doesn't get you anything. It's just like one additional thing. And you're like, why do I have to do this? But um, 
but going forward for people that are using the, the, the site, it makes sign up that much simpler. They can just use their Yahoo idea. And, it, and that sort of made sense to us too. And, uh, and so we were going to switch to upcoming.yahoo.com for a, for a number of reasons and, and, and also switch to Yahoo IDs at the same time. And so as, as part of that, we, we thought it would be cool since the user base was you know, still relatively small you know, scale, uh, we'd offer to all of the old school users in the U.S. or Canada. Um, we were making shirts and we'd send them, uh, sent them these like, uh, uh, these like upcoming, uh, upcoming.org jerseys that we made. And, and so as part of that, we, we did like a thing where when, you know, when you're about to go through the process, we're like, we want to give you a shirt. So just give us your, give us your mailing address. And then Gordon had this idea to, to put a form field on there that asked them, you know, if, if upcoming meant anything to you, you know, tell us a memory or tell us something that, you know, that just anything, you know, it's your chance to, to write whatever to us. And uh, it was, it was optional. They didn't have to write it, but the the results of that were so great because mm-hmm. it's it's like you're instantly hit with like a wall of of you know positive feedback of of you know this is this is the impact that it had and the stories that that, that came from that I remember like people saying that they they'd like moved to a new city and you know didn't know anybody and now they and they used upcoming to like tap into to uh, that that local community because you didn't you didn't really need to know anybody to use use upcoming in a city like you could just use it see what was interesting in the city and uh and you know that you could derive value from it without even having an account which has always been important to me um so there was people like that and other people saying like you know i met my spouse at an event that i went to went to upcoming had a couple of those like marriages that happened sort of indirectly as a result and you know and it's like that was that was nice because you know when you're when you're cranking on this thing day in and day out, and often you're only hearing uh, problems. You're yeah. hearing the you know the issues that are that are happening. You very rarely hear like the positive the positive feedback. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was one nice thing, and we made we got to make shirts, which I love. <laughs> I got to I got to art direct shirts too, which was fun. So what made you want to leave Yahoo? Well, at the by the time that uh, that my contract was up, um, I just felt like I I had I felt like I was leaving on a, a on a high note. Uh, the upcoming in in two thousand seven was as good as I think upcoming had ever been. Like you know, the uh, we'd launched a major redesign that I was really happy with. The site was working well, um, and and so it wasn't anything really to do with upcoming so much as just, you know, uh, there were, there's sort of diminishing returns, right? Like I've, 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 I've already, I've been working on this, uh, you know, at that point for, I've been working on it for four years. I've got like, you know, other ideas and, and, uh, and also, you know, kind of working in a big company like Yahoo can be, can be uh, soul crushing. It's not Yahoo specifically. It's just, a corporation. It's just working in a working in a really big company is mm. is you know in in cubicle farm is not like it wasn't for me. I mean, I, I learned pretty much instantly that it was not that it was not for me, and um, and so I was very very ready to leave. And I going into it, I I thought I'm not I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to be the person that's like out 
you know, when the as soon as the contract is up. But I I was the first I was the first out, and then Gordon and Leonard left. You know, not too long after that, and then right after we left, whew, yeah, things things really started to fall apart on the site. Uh, they started making changes, pulling pulling out the social features. Uh, you know, various. Uh, it, it was yeah, it was not it was not pretty. And so by the time that um, there was this leaked slide uh, that that came from a Yahoo meeting where um, they said that they were going to be sunsetting uh, upcoming delicious fire eagle, a bunch of other you know projects, and that that was like a, a big explosive thing, and that that happened in like. 2010. So I I knew that the the writing was on the wall for upcoming, but it, it it took them, you know, another three years to actually get to the point where they where they shut it down. And so it was uh, it was closed uh, last year. And at that point, I was sort of relieved. I mean, it, in in one sense, I was I was I was relieved that they were closing it down because it looked it looked and behaved nothing. It was like a it, it was not upcoming at that point. It was yeah. I you know it was a. Uh, um, a shadow of its uh, of its former self. So I was, in one sense, I was sort of fine with it. Um, in another, I was really angry. <laughs> yeah. I was angry because they didn't provide any way to to let people to back up their their data. They gave very little notice. I think it was like two weeks, uh, or or maybe less. Um, and you know, and that was frustrating, especially because uh, behind the scenes. W- you know, I'd been trying to reach out and trying to see if I could get uh, get the domain back. Um, the 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 upcoming dot org domain wasn't really being used uh, for the entire time that after we switched to upcoming yahoo.com, it just redirected. And then when they closed it, it just it didn't resolve at all. Uh, it didn't even point to Yahoo. So I was like, you know, but I, I I'd gotten I'd gotten an answer from someone inside. Uh, you know. I think maybe a year before they actually closed it, they're like, "No, it'd just be too complicated to try to to try to do that." So I sort of gave up, and then, uh, and then in, let's see, February or March? No, it was like March. Um, I got word from someone inside Yahoo that uh, the domain was going to be auctioned off along with a bunch of other unused domains, and so so this person kind of intervened, and and you know, offered it. Uh, back to me so i at a a nominal price too so i i was able to buy back uh, the original domain what was your initial reaction when when you found this out did did you want it like did you really want it or was it just oh this would be nice to have again yeah i really i really really did want it i I really wanted it back and the reasons why are sort of complicated you know i i've had people ask like why why do you even care about the domain? Like, why not just if you wanted to do this, why not just register another domain? And you know, why why even even bother? And to me, it's uh, partly it's symbolic. You know, it's uh, that was that was something that I that I created and and that I launched and I had fondness for, and you know, it had it had meaning to me and it had meaning to a bunch of other people. Um, the other is more practical, which is that I'm I'm one of the rare people that hates breaking URLs which is nobody cares about this is such a this is such a fringe thing uh, like it's 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 the realm of you know internet preservationists and and historians and stuff like most people do not care but I I hate what uh, uh, in breaking URLs and so so basically I there's a <laughs> 
just as an example, my first job out of college uh, in uh, in 1999 was a website called gettingit.com that was edited by Are You Serious, the uh, former editor of Monda 2000, and it was sort of a kind of a cyber culture zine sort of thing. And uh, it was my first job out of, out of college, and I I did you know pretty much anything, everything technical there, from you know. Uh, doing the content management system to you know, fixing the printers and installing antivirus software. And I worked at that company for, for maybe uh, nine months before it went out of business. And it was really cool while it lasted. It was a fun, uh, it was a fun, strange, strange job. And they put out, you know, hundreds and hundreds of articles, maybe thousands of articles. And, uh, and then when I, when I left, they were going to, um, like the domain died, and uh, all the all the articles went offline, and I I went and uh, dug them all up and and put them in a database and built a built a standalone uh, site for it, and like you know and 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 got uh, access to the original domain. So now any link to those articles, even with like it's crazy, it had these like crazy two hundred. Uh, character URLs from this bizarre 1999 content management system. Even links to those now redirect and appropriately resolve to the to the you know uh, redesigned site that I that I created, so that 15 year old links still work. <laughs> That's I know it's weird, but that is something. It's something that matters. It matters to me. It's like I I hate uh, I hate deleting history. I hate uh, you know, and so this is why, like, um, a group like Archive Team, and and you know, a nonprofit organization like the Internet Archive, to me, are are heroes. And we don't, you know, right now, these are these are considered to be really fringe uh, uh, concerns. But the history that they're that they're preserving and they're saving is going to uh, it has great meaning and great import. But it only becomes clear over. Uh, greater spans of time, so uh, so getting the domain back means that I can uh, I can use the the uh, backup that was created by Archive Team um, after the the shutdown was announced, uh, which was itself an amazing thing. They come in when a like they saved uh, GeoCities and you know other major major websites. Anytime that that a the site's going to be shut down, they uh, they scramble together. And this like volunteer group of of online archivists, they go and swoop in and and back up everything. Like they just scrape sites. They hammer it as fast as they can. They get uh, as much as they can uh, before before it closes. And they've built this incredible thing called uh, Archive Team Warrior, which is a, a a tool that anybody can download and and run. And it will it'll take commands from a from a central uh, uh, server and it'll it'll say you know these are the sites that that we're trying to save today uh, go grab these URLs and it decentralizes that effort it's like SETI at home for uh, for digital preservation and they did that for upcoming it was incredible like and I I immediately when I heard that they were doing this I, I spread the word and and I installed Archive Team Warrior myself and got as many people as I could to install it and and they just like slammed their servers and grabbed all of upcoming. And they dumped it, and now it's uh, and they they it ended up being 3.5 terabytes of data uh, com- compressed, and they 
they put it all in 25 gig uh, pieces onto the Internet Archive. Um, but it's all in like one giant compressed, uh, uh, you know, ball. And so what I what I was doing this weekend was going through and <laughs> and taking taking those compressed files, uh, normalizing them, like extracting, normalizing them, and you know trying to get uh, just the structured data that was in there um, into into like a clean, uh, you know, something that I can that I can distribute and and make. Similarly, make a you know a minimalist version that uh, so that those links work again. So that's that's the long story why why upcoming.org and why and why it mattered to me. So you have the the URL comes back to you in February or March time this year. Um, you decide to take it back because you want it. Uh, it mattered to you as you said, so you wanted to keep it. But at this time, you had no intention of bringing the site back. Yeah, you know it's a funny thing. Um, I've had people ask over the over the years as I've been working on on other projects. They're like, "Oh, you know, I I miss upcoming," and I missed it too. I mean, I really, I really do. <laughs> and it was, uh, but it wasn't something that I I I really even wanted to do again. I'm like, I I just I kept waiting for someone else to uh, to do that to solve that problem for me, and nobody ever did. It was so frustrating. And um, you know, I've been working on XOXO Festival, as we talked about last time. I've been working on that for, uh, for the last two years. We're going into the third one here. And it creates a, a unique uh, uh, situation for me where I, I have six months of my life where I'm like, cranking on, you know, working on this, on this festival with Andy McMillan. And, and then I have six months of my life where I'm like, you know, what now? Like, what do I, what do, I do? And so... You know, the first after the first year, I uh, I worked with the Kickstarter team full time for for six months, and and you know last year you know that didn't happen. I'm like, I have, I I you know it's a, it's a weird thing. I want to keep doing XOXO, but I can't. Uh, you know, I'm not really in a in a in a great position to be able to work on anything else full time year round because of the way that that that, that works. Um, you know, any other any other project needs to sort of have the flexibility. Uh, to continue continue doing XOXO, so I've been trying to think what you know what makes sense. Um, what other project can I can I start? Can I do? And this this fell in my lap at a really unique time, um, where you know it's the it's this convergence where I am still really frustrated that upcoming doesn't exist. <laughs> I am you know looking for another interesting project to to take on, and now you know. It's in my it's in my hand. Like I, I I've got this thing again. The question for me was, does anybody care aside from me? And that was an answer I did not like. That was a question I did not have the answer to. I did not know um, if anybody even remembered upcoming. I knew there's like a handful of old schoolers, you know, that that cared. But how many of those would would even you know, like, did they? Was this something that they that they even you know? cared about existing again. And so the Kickstarter project ended up being a, a, a way to answer that question. So you chose a goal of $30,000 for your Kickstarter project, for your campaign. What made yeah. you settle on this number? What, what did $30,000 allow you to do? It was a very minimalist uh, goal. The idea was, uh, you know, I've always, I've always taken the approach with Kickstarter that, you know, you set the goal to be the minimum to fulfill your promise uh, to backers, the bare the bare minimum. And in this case, it was like bare bones. 
what would it take uh, to do just my time for the amount of time that I figured that it would take to be able to get like a you know prototype off the ground, um, and uh, and so and it, it and more than more than the money, it was also uh, gauging demand. Like, is this something that people even care about? And I, I thought the thirty thousand was even a stretch. I'm like, I don't, I just didn't know. You know, it's like it's an old, it's a ten year old site. Like, does any, does anybody really, really care? And as it turns out, yes, yes, there are, are people that really care, um, and that were really excited about the idea of bringing up, bringing up coming back, and it hit that goal uh, in two hours. So. Uh, and and you know now it's nearing a hundred thousand dollars, and and to me that's that answers the question. That's like there you care as much as I do. You're willing you're willing to throw money behind this. Um, it also was an experiment to see if uh, if a patronage model could possibly work for uh, for upcoming. And so I had. Uh, I had two reward tiers, a $1,000 and a $5,000 tier that let you either, uh, you know, adopt a city effectively or, you know, do a site-wide uh, uh, dedication, um, which is effectively sponsorship. But, you know, it's like I've got to, you know, just trying to set, uh, uh, set expectations properly. And, and it, uh, that did really well, too. I mean, I was, I was surprised. I think there's, there's something like 10 cities already... <laughs> <laughs> already backed and uh like all the major metros and it's really it's 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 really been heartening to see that other people care care about it and want me to bring it back i uh and i'm excited to do it you know it, it's also it also mirrors the way that i i created upcoming in the first place which was that you know i i got it to to the bare bones you know what is the the earliest possible release that I could open this up to uh, up to people and, and that's, uh, that's what I did. And, you know, when it first launched, I uh, I got it to the point that it just it functioned. <laughs> you know, it did something and, and looked okay and uh, and I opened it up to a wider audience and then uh, that was a, I did like an alpha that was really only probably a month long and then, and then after that I opened it up to the public and just developed it in public. And so that's kind of similar to what I'm doing here. Like the the backers are getting exclusive access to, uh, to the you know the, the site as it develops, and they'll help shape what it becomes. And I I'm I'm excited to do it. As you mentioned, um, your goal that thirty thousand goal was met within about two hours. Um, are you able to walk me through that first day at all? Like what was happening, how you were feeling, and any sort of key things that happened along the way? I was terrified. I was. It was so funny. I was telling. Uh, I was telling some friends of mine, like as, uh, like as I was gearing up to announce this, I was so nervous about it, and more nervous than, than you know, any project that I can think of recently. Like when I when I launched XO, I, I was just excited. This I was just like really nervous, and I I, I think part of it was that I felt, um, you know, I, I've always had this kind of deep seated guilt about the way that upcoming ended and you know so you have you have a community and you know the community is making this thing so much more than it is like you know i've i've created the the home for it to live in but you know everybody fills it up and makes the party right and and uh and then you know after i sold it it's basically it's like a, you know i've sold this house and then 
and then someone goes and decides to close the party. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt, you know, awful about that. And and like part of me just felt like, you know, it is it is it gonna feel to to people that I'm, you know, like the cynical take on this would be like, he's he's asking us to pay to fix his mistake, mm-hmm. and I, I you know and I. That really, that really worried me, and I, I didn't know, you know, I, and also I just didn't know what the, if anybody cared, and and I don't know. So there was a, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of uh, uh, tension for me around it, and I just didn't know what the response was going to be, and and then the moment that I launched, so I, I set up this splash page on upcoming.org, um, that uh, you know is basically like screw the sunset <laughs> was yeah. the the kind of motto for the thing and uh and then it plays it plays a midi version of uh don't let the sun go down on me which i i had to you know do you know browsers don't play midi anymore what, <laughs> what didn't if, know that what have things like what, this is this is it's so sad <laughs> like if you want to do uh auto playing midi like the GeoCities days you have to go and install like a javascript sound library and then convert the the midi to mp3 which is so so inefficient midi is so small and mp3s are so much bigger but uh but for the effect you see i didn't even know the music was there i think people i think people most people clicked off of it before it even uh, before it even started playing so i just pressed the button (laughs) Yeah. yeah well if you stick around for a minute then it then it plays it which is kind of more of an easter egg than anything um and so then I just I, I tweeted it out and that was it. I just tweeted a link to upcoming.org and I just said like upcoming is you know upcoming.org is coming back. And my phone imploded. Like instantly. It was just like it was like rattling off of the desk as I'm like trying to respond to, to you know tweets and emails and stuff. And uh yeah, those two hours were insane. It was absolutely insane. How long did how long that I've encountered keep this up? before? Oh, uh, all, it was all day. Yeah. Yeah, all day. And um, now I've encountered that before. I've encountered that because uh, this is actually my third Kickstarter project. So I'm familiar with that by by now. But it's such an incredible... I like. I hope everybody gets to feel this at some point because it's, it's such a crazy fun thing to have, you know, a bunch of people excited about something that you're, that you're doing and... and giving like such a clear um you know statement and not just not just in in tweets and retweets and faves and and all that stuff but tangibly i mean these are you know people putting money behind the project i i i'm just i'm so incredibly grateful that um you know people believe that uh i think i like to think i've sort of built up some trust <laughs> that yeah. uh you know i've done i've done uh done a bunch of things in my in my career my very haphazard idea of a career um but you know i think people know that i don't really i don't really do things half-assedly let's say um you know i try to i try to make uh make things that i i myself would want to use and and that doesn't always resonate with people but um but there's, I, I think there's definitely a core group of people out there that, that kind of have, they care enough about the the things that I care about that that the things I make end up, you know, working well for them, and and EXO I think is a great example of that. I mean it's, it's basically like 
just the event that Andy McMillan and I want to go to, and enough people care about it now that you know it's the first year it sold out in two days, and last year sold out in two hours. And I, you know, God knows what's going to happen this year. But yeah, it's I don't know. I don't know what to say. I I'm looking at the Kickstarter project right now, and um, it shows you the number of pe- people that you if. Like you can you can follow people on 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 Kickstarter that I think are Facebook friends, um, and it shows that 107 people that I know are are backing the project. It's like that's that's incredible. I mean, it's and then the, overall the numbers. I mean, there's 15. So what is it? 1,550 people that back the project. I don't know. I I just uh, I'm I'm so grateful that there's people out there that that are willing to support this and support my work. So the campaign ends in a in a few days time as we record this as I mentioned and we're recording on the 26th of May 2014. You've more always than- always end a Kickstarter project on a Friday afternoon. Is that is that a top tip? For me? Yeah, because then you go out drinking. Oh, right. I thought there might be some sort of Kickstarter no, it's magic. Just, it's more fun. If you end it on a Friday afternoon, you're like if if it's a successful project, then you you're like, okay, go meet at a bar or If it sounds successful. If it's unsuccessful, then yeah. that's same sort of deal. It's Friday too. That's that's exactly right. If it's unsuccessful, you're like, I'm going to the bar. If it's successful, you're like, we're going to the bar. Yeah. So you've more than tripled the goal. What what are your next steps? Well, I've already started uh, the process of uh, restoring the event archive, which I, I was working on this weekend, which I'm going to write about in detail because it's really it's really a fascinating thing. What what archive team is doing, and the, and this is a very unique project in that I've confirmed from Jason Scott, who who leads uh, who leads archive team, created archive team, um, that this is the first time that a website is restoring uh, its archives from an archive team backup. So uh, I'm kind of going through new territory here, and uh, and you know I've been sitting in the IRC channel and just trying to. Uh, ask questions and stuff, and this is this is a first. Like you know, nobody's nobody's done this before, so um, so that's fun. Um, I've also started the preliminary design work of like what is this going to look look like, and how is it going to how's it going to behave? Um, you know, I've been narrowing down the the initial feature set, which I will uh, you know I'll write about um, as I go, and you know what's I mean. One thing that's that's obvious, which I've already talked about uh, on the Kickstarter updates, is that I can actually use things that just didn't exist back then, which just makes my life so much easier. Like sign in with Twitter, you instantly have the Twitter social graph, you know, and and uh, you know using the Foursquare venue database I already mentioned, but also like OpenStreetMap, which is an incredible project, uh, um, and that you know I would love to to be able to to uh, use what they've created, um, but. Uh, yeah, it's still early stages. The Kickstarter hasn't even hasn't even ended yet. Um, but this Friday, and and uh, got to work on getting all the all the rewards out to people. I've uh, been reaching out to uh, illustrators to do uh, to do new logo and do the do the uh, shirt. Um, printing up t-shirts. Like I mentioned, I like doing shirts. <laughs> shirts are fun. Um, half my half my uh, wardrobe at this point is like uh, Kickstarter funded. T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm always ticking the T-shirt option, and now I have like a million T-shirts. 
Yeah, well, you know, after doing uh, and two years of XOXO, we've done shirts. Uh, uh, we do shirts every year, and you know, I have there's stuff that I like. You know, I like this like tri blend, you know, American Peril. You know, the just there's softest shirts ever. They're so nice. Um, even if the CEO is a terrible, terrible person, I'm gonna try to see if I can find an alternative to that. Anyway, the short version is. Uh, is yeah, there's a lot going on, and um, and I'm gonna be writing about it as I go. So I have two two last questions for you. Yeah. The first is, will upcoming be US only? What? No. That's oh. ex- that was exactly how I was hoping you would. Uh, <laughs> do would you even have that. to? Do you even have to ask that? The uh, um, no, it's been it's been global from the beginning, and it will continue to be global. Good, good. I mean, I, I knew that it wouldn't be, but it was kind of like I felt oh, like God, I needed London- to say it, you know. The London crowd would kill me. Yeah. They would kill me. They, well, this was this was one thing that I that was a uh, that kind of sucked was when we did the the t-shirt run when we were at Yahoo and, and sent them out to the old schoolers. We just they didn't give us much of a marketing budget for doing this stuff, and it was already pretty unusual uh, what we were doing, and uh, we didn't have the budget to be able to to do over overseas shipping. And so we did only U.S. and God, people, uh, yeah, like all the U.K. people, they hated that so much. I was like, try to find a way around it, but you know, and it's hard to explain. Like, I, it's not my choice. I don't have. <laughs> I can't do it. So anyway, uh, no, of course it will absolutely be a be international. Now, it won't be. Uh, it won't be translated. Uh, it, you know. It'll work in other in other countries, but uh, translation is a much you know much bigger job. And you know this is like a one person project, so it's like I've got to you know I won't say I'm not saying it won't be you know couldn't be eventually, but upcoming upcoming never was. And you know I'm open to it, but and and, and it's also that's also something that's easier now. But um, no, at least at first uh, English only, but you'd be able to use it anywhere. And where can people go to keep it in touch with what you're doing at upcoming? Well, if they hear this before the Kickstarter project ends, you could back it. Even if you backed it for a dollar, you'd get updates. Um, or you don't even, you know, like uh, there there will be some that are backer only, but um, but I'll be posting updates on uh, on Kickstarter in the short term, and then you know, of course, I'll set up a I'll set up a blog with an RSS feed. It's whoa, crazy. Whoa, crazy. I know. I you know. It's funny. I there are still things that I that I care about, and RSS is uh, is one of them because it's. Uh, and I'm planning on doing RSS for for the upcoming event listings because it's it's like it can be a really lightweight API, you know. It's like it's structured data. It's always the same URL. Um, it you know it's a it's like a it's the poor man's uh, API. So yeah, I'm, I I still. Uh, still like RSS and I still miss Google Reader. Dang it. <laughs> Mr. Bayer, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure and congratulations as well on, on what you've achieved with, with the Kickstarter. It's really incredible. Well, thank you so much, Mike. Thanks and for having me on. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Where can people go to uh, keep up with you personally as well? Where, where are some good places for that? Waxy.org and I am WaxPancake on Twitter. And... Uh, yeah, the upcoming.org will forward you to the Kickstarter project as well. 
Awesome. If you would like to uh, find the show notes for today's episode, we've got a bunch of links to the things we've spoken about, go to 5x5.tv slash cmdspace slash 98. My name is Mike Hurley. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter. And I'll be back next week with another episode of Command Space. Until then, thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.